As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello friends, I'm Rick Warren and welcome to Spurgeon's Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped and guided by Charles Spurgeon who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Supposing Him to be the Gardener, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part two. Supposing Him to be the Gardener, John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 15. Dear friends, there is one mercy with regard to this church which I have often had to thank God for, namely that evils should have been shut out for so long a time. During the period in which we've been together as pastor and people, and that is now some 29 years, we have enjoyed uninterrupted prosperity, going from strength to strength in the work of the Lord. Alas, we have seen many other churches that were quite as hopeful as our own, rent with strife, brought low by disunity, or overthrown by heresy. I hope we have not been apt to judge their faults severely. But we must be thankful for our own deliverance from the evils which have afflicted them. I do not know how it is that we have been kept together in love, helped to abound in labour and enabled to be firm in the faith, unless it be that special grace has watched over us. We are full of faults. We have nothing to boast of, and yet no church has been more divinely favoured. I wonder that the blessing should have lasted so long, and I cannot make it out, except when I fall into supposing him to be the gardener. I cannot trace our prosperity to the pastor, certainly, nor even to my beloved friends, the elders and deacons, nor even to the best of you with your fervent love and holy zeal. I think it must be that Jesus has been the gardener, and he has shut the gate when I am afraid I have left it open, and he has driven out the wild boar of the wood just when he had entered to root up the weaker plants. He must have been about at nights to keep off the prowling thieves, And he must have been here too in the noontide heat to guard those of you who have prospered in worldly goods from the glare of too bright a sun. 
Yes, he has been with us. Blessed be his name. From him has come all this peace and unity and enthusiasm. May we never grieve him so that he shall turn away from us, but rather let us invite him, saying, Abide with us. Thou that dwellest in the gardens, let this be one of the gardens in which thou dost deign to dwell until the day break and the shadows flee away. Let your imaginations run along with mine while I say that supposing him to be the gardener should be a spur to many duties. One of the duties of a Christian is joy. That is a blessed religion which among its precepts commands men and women to be happy. When joy becomes a duty, who would wish to neglect it? Surely it must help every little plant to drink in the sunlight. When it is whispered among the flowers that Jesus is the gardener. Oh, you say, I am such a little plant. I do not grow well. I do not put forth so much foliage nor are there so many flowers on me as on many round about me. It is quite right that you should think little of yourself. Perhaps to droop your head is a part of your beauty. Many flowers had not been half so lovely if they had not practised the art of hanging their heads. But supposing him to be the gardener, then he is as much a gardener to you as he is to the most grand palm in the whole domain. In the Mentone garden right before me grew the orange and the aloe and others of the finer and more noticeable plants. But on a wall to my left grew common wallflowers and succulents and tiny herbs such as we find on our own rocky places. Now the gardener had cared for all of these little as well as great. In fact, there were hundreds of specimens of the most insignificant growths, all duly labelled and described. The smallest succulent could say, he is my gardener, just as surely as he is the gardener of the Gloire de Dijon, or Maréchal Neil. O feeble child of God, the Lord takes care of you. Your heavenly Father feeds ravens, and guides the flight of sparrows. Should he not much more care for you, O ye of little faith? O little plants, you will grow rightly enough. Perhaps you are growing downward just now rather than upward. Remember that there are plants of which we value the underground root much more than we do the stalk above the ground. Perhaps it is not yours to grow very fast. You may be a slow-growing shrub by nature, and you would not be healthy if you were to run to wood. Anyhow, be this your joy. You are in the garden of the Lord, and supposing him to be the gardener, he will make the best of you. You cannot be in better hands. Another duty is that of valuing the Lord's presence and praying for it. We ought, whenever the Sabbath morning dawns, to pray our well-beloved to come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. What can we do without him? 
all day long our cry should go up to him, O Lord, behold and visit this vine and the vineyard which thy right hand has planted. We ought to implore him that he would come and manifest himself to us as he does not unto the world. For what is a garden if the gardener never comes near it? What is the difference between it and the wilderness? If he to whom it belongs never lifts up spade or pruning hook upon it, so that it is our necessity that we have Christ with us, supposing him to be the gardener. And it is our bliss that we have Christ walking between our beds and borders, watching every plant, training, tending, maturing all. Supposing him to be the gardener, it is well, for from him is our fruit found. Divided from him we are nothing. Only as he watches over us can we bring forth fruit. Let us have done with confidence in man. Let us forgo all attempts to supply facts of his spiritual presence by routine or rant, ritualism or rowdyism. But let us pray our Lord to be ever present with us and by that presence to make our garden grow. Supposing him to be the gardener, there is another duty, and that is, let each one of us yield himself up entirely to him. A plant does not know how it ought to be treated. It knows not when it should be watered or when it should be kept dry. A fruit tree is no judge of when it needs to be pruned or dug or fertilised. The wit and wisdom of the garden lies not in the flowers and shrubs, but in the gardener. Now then, if you and I are here today with any self-will or carnal judgment about us, let us seek to lay it all aside, that we may be absolutely at our Lord's disposal. You might not be willing to put yourself implicitly into the hand of any mere man, Pity that you should. But surely, thou plant of the Lord's right hand planting, thou mayest put thyself without a question into his dear hand. Supposing him to be the gardener, you mayest well say, I would neither have will nor wish nor wit nor whim nor way, but I would be as nothing in the gardener's hands that he may be to me my wisdom and my all. Here, kind gardener, your poor plant bows itself to your hand. Train me as you will. Depend upon it. Happiness lives next door to the spirit of complete acquiescence in the will of God. And it will be easy to exercise that perfect acquiescence when we suppose the Lord Jesus to be the gardener. If the Lord has done it, what has a saint to say? O oh, you afflicted one, the Lord has done it. Would you have it otherwise? Nay, are you not thankful that it is even so? Because so is the will of him in whose hand your life is, and whose are all your ways. The duty of submission is very plain, supposing him 
to be the gardener. One more duty I would mention, though others suggest themselves. Supposing him to be the gardener, then let us bring forth fruit to him. I do not address a people this morning who feel no concern as to whether they serve God or not. I believe that most of you do desire to glorify God. For being saved by grace, you feel a holy ambition to show forth his praises, who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. You wish to bring others to Christ because you yourselves have been brought to life and liberty in him. Now let this be a stimulus to your fruit-bearing that Jesus is the gardener. Where you have brought forth a single cluster, bring forth a hundred, supposing him to be the gardener. If he is to have the honour of it, then labour to do work which will give him great renown. If our spiritual state were to be attributed to ourselves or to our minister or to some of our fellow Christians, we might not feel that we were under any great necessity to be fruitful. But if Jesus be the gardener and is to bear the blame or the honour of what we produce, then let us use every drop of sap and strain every fibre that to the utmost of which we are capable, we may produce a fair reward for our Lord's work. Under such tutorship and care, we ought to become eminent scholars. Does Christ train us? Or let us never cause the world to think meanly of our master. Students feel that their alma mater deserves great things of them, So they labour to make their university renowned. And so, since Jesus is tutor and university to us, let us feel that we are bound to reflect credit upon so great a teacher, upon so divine a name. I do not know how to put it, but surely we ought to do something worthy of such a Lord. Each little flower in the garden of the Lord should wear its brightest hues and put forth its rarest perfume because Jesus cares for it. The best of all possible good should be yielded by every plant in our Father's garden, supposing Jesus to be the gardener. Thus much then on those two points, a key to many wonders and a spur to many duties. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.